0: Welcome to Cali Formula One. My name is Jojo Joseph, coming to you from San Diego, California. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk a little bit about our feelings today. No, we're not going to be crying or anything like that, but I do know that we did our 2022 preview, um, and I should have addressed it beforehand that a lot of people, including many listeners, people on social media, you've seen a lot of people talk about it where they're just genuinely not feeling as excited about this season as they should, and that—that's a lot of different types of people, not just you know Lewis Hamilton fans or fans of Mercedes, um, but just generally a lot of people were turned off by how last season ended. A lot of people are turned off by the direction of Formula One. They, people are turned off by the corruption that they've seen, the lack of transparency. Uh, I know we're awaiting this FIA report, and a lot of us are already cynical and jaded about what it's even going to say or if it's actually going to accomplish anything. Um, and it's hard to look and say, how am I going to enjoy this season? How am I going to go through this season with that joy that we've all had watching formula one with the excitement that we've had, knowing that these things do happen. So I'm going to kind of just talk about today, you know, just kind of go a little bit off topic, um, from usual topics and just kind of talk about why we should watch formula one, why it's still a, a good sport. Um, and even through all its flaws, it's kind of important for all of us to be there for the sport. um You know, for those of you who've listened to this before, you know, I'm going to regurgitate to all the new listeners where I fell in love with Formula One. You know, back in 2012, I was going through a terrible divorce. I was hating life, or hating life more than usual, I should say. And uh, I was looking for a distraction, you know, just because I was going through a tough time. It was like one of those things, like, everywhere i was going through was reminding me of my ex like i'd go into the grocery store and they were playing her favorite elton john song and i was like oh my life sucks um so i was trying to find some type of distraction uh from uh formula or from life and stumbled across a documentary called senna on netflix about eric and senna knew nothing about the guy and i was like let me listen to this or watch this uh documentary and i was enamored the opening scene if you haven't seen it shows Eric and Senna driving through the streets of Monaco with the onboard camera looking over his shoulder. And he's completely in the zone. He's driving through this city. And I'm like, they actually race through cities? This is insane. And he's just, you know, he's reacting in a way that I could never react, even with as much practice in the world. And I was just completely hooked. And I'm like, I have to watch this sport. And that weekend, I happened to catch the Chinese Grand Prix. Uh, Nico Rosberg won. I still remember that. Uh, But I was drawn to two drivers. The first one was Fernando Alonso because he was uh, in a Ferrari and everyone was talking him up how he was great. But there was a second driver named Lewis Hamilton. And I looked at Lewis Hamilton and I was like, oh, let me look at him. And they're like, oh, well, he's the only black driver. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of relate. I'm not black, but I I relate to the fact that he's a minority. And for some of you, that doesn't matter. But for me, it kind of does. And, you know, they talked about his background and he didn't come from a rich background like all these other drivers. And I'm like, I could relate to that, and he had a lot of adversity getting to where he needed to be, and a lot of people judged him, and he dealt with his fair amount of uh, bull, to say the least. His father worked three jobs, so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really drawn to this guy. I think that he's really cool, and then I went to Ohio State or the Ohio State for you American listeners who are want to hate me and want <laughs> to delete this podcast now, but yes, I went to the Ohio State. Uh, but he had a red red and silver car, which is their color. So I was kind of like, you know what? I want to watch this guy, and I'm going to pay attention to him. And he rapidly became one of my favorite drivers, and then my favorite driver by far. Um, and then, you know, I was pretty lucky because uh, he ended up at Mercedes the year after that, and then in 2014 started his dominance. You know, he was already a phenomenal driver, and he was already having a phenomenal career. But when he got to Mercedes, just did some pretty amazing things, um, and you get to see just some of these moments. Um, whether it was live, which I've been very lucky to see uh, live, or you know on television. Waking up early, 6 a.m., 5 a.m., sometimes even 4 a.m. in California to watch races, it, it could be pretty fun. Um, I'm a morning person, but it, you know it, it is kind of fun to get up and get your blood pumping. And it was just something about Formula One. That really drew me to the sport. Um, you know, there's car racing here in America. There's NASCAR and there's Indy, and those in and of itself are fun. Um, and there's other great sports like the NBA and the NFL. But for Formula One, I was just really drawn to the fact that there was these guys who were pushing the limits of a machine in ways that you can't even fathom. Um, and sometimes when you watch on television, it just doesn't show just how insane it is. Um, you know, I, I know it's a privilege to go to a, a Formula One race and um, you know, when you see them live and you see them make these turns and go down the straights and you just, your eyes just don't believe what you're seeing. Um, and I think that really, I wish everyone could see it live in person because it's just flat out amazing. Um, but you know, to sit there and watch and say, wow, like they're able to, to drive this fast and they're able to pull the maneuvers they do, they're able to think ahead the way that they do and just keep calm under pressure, <laughs> you know, hear them on the radio talking it just really, um, to me, it just really spoke to me. I was like, this is insane. This is so much fun. Like, I, I don't know why everyone else isn't watching it. You know, I wish everyone else would watch it. And, you know, for many years, I'd sit there and I'd post stories on Instagram. And I would, you know, kind of post on Twitter. And, you know, it's kind of like speaking into a void for a very long time. For those of you who are American fans, going way back when you would understand it was like talking to void. very few people would actually sit there and be like wow this is cool and even to the point like formula one didn't even have the social media presence that it did so i would end up taking video with my camera phone and posting it on on instagram and twitter and people would be like oh that's pretty cool but then they're like i'm not going to get up and watch this or uh you know you could just post about it or talk about it and that'll be fine um and so for me it was just for a very long time it was my own little special hobby i guess you know i would sit there and just kind of enjoy it for myself Um, And everyone thought I was kind of weird and friends would sit there and kind of be like, okay, that's good for you. Once in a while, you'd run to someone who would recognize your Lewis Hamilton hat or something along those lines and you'd have a conversation. But that was, by and large, not very often. Um, And then, you know, things started to change a little bit. I think, you know, when you do have that Netflix show that did bring in a ton of people, Drive to Survive, you saw Formula One change how they started marketing themselves they started doing great social media work. They started including the teams. They didn't used to do that before. Uh, the teams would not be able to show Formula One footage, believe it or not, uh, when they would post stuff. Uh, so there's always this like dearth of, uh, of information. It was hard to find stuff on people. But between the teams being able to uh, show Formula One actual events and actual races uh, and then you know them investing heavily in marketing and then Formula One themselves... Building out their social media brand, and then of course the uh, culmination of that, which is Netflix, you started seeing more people pay attention. People started to say, Hey, I know that guy, or hey, I know that team, or people would come up and say, like, hey, I saw that show. It's you know, it looks pretty interesting. I might actually watch a race or two. And so it was awesome. It was really awesome just to see so many people get into the sport and they got the experience the same thing I did. I hate people who gatekeep, uh, gatekeep. I got to say this real quick. Um, and so if you're one of those people that says, I hate the, the new fans and I hate the people who came because of Drive Survive, you could just pack it up and get the heck out of here, <laughs> to be honest with you, because you, we don't want you around here. Um, you know, I'm one of those people where I was so for so long, wanted people to watch the sport. And I think that's really cool that people are actually watching the sport. They might not like your favorite driver. They may not understand the sport the way that you do. Or they may have completely different opinions or seeing things, you know. And that's totally fine. The fact is they're watching it and they're paying attention to it. And that's great. Even things like, you know, I, I, I was joking. I bought tickets for the United States Grand Prix. And I was, you know, in 2015, I got free tickets to go uh, to, a, to a Grand Prix. I got to go for free because I was a military veteran and they gave veterans free tickets. And I laugh about that now because... Now it's like, you know, it's so hard to even get a ticket back then. They were legitimately worried that they were not going to sell out. Um, and so the, like I, I sit there and say, like, you know, I, I can complain to be like, well, back in the day, I could go for free. But I'd rather now have that thrill of am I going to get tickets for the event? Because it means that it's catching on and that people are into it and they're loving it. And it's more people to interact with and talk to Um And so. I really hate the gatekeepers. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm on a little bit of a soapbox there, but I really don't like it when people gatekeep the sport. Um, but what really what I loved about it is that the drivers got to speak for themselves. They got to put themselves out more. You got to see more of their personalities. So someone who initially, like, for example, Lance Stroll, who you, know, you come in and people like, he's a paid driver, and they're like, eh. But then you get to see Lance Stroll's personality, and they're like, he's a really decent kid, and he's a really nice kid, and he's really working very hard. Uh, you get to see the relationship between Carlos and Lando. McLaren has probably the best marketing, I think, of any of the F1 teams as far as how they present their drivers. They're, they're really good at getting their drivers out there and building a name for them. So when they had Carlando, which I thought was really, really awesome, um, you know, it was just a, just a stroke of genius because it really brought both of them out there saying, like, these are remarkable guys. I really think McLaren's strategy of with Carlos Sainz where they made him, you know, put him into all these little vignettes with Lando Norris actually helped him improve his marketability, which helped Ferrari say, "Well, hey, well, we'll not only is he a good driver, but he's an a marketable driver, so let's bring him on board." Uh, I honestly think that, um, and so it's been really cool the last few years just to see things blow up. Now, on, on a weird side with COVID, there was a lot of people who were drawn to the sport because they had nothing better to do, and I know plenty of you would watch these videos on YouTube and you'd watch the old races or the old highlights and you'd go and just take it all in because you just needed something to do. That was great. I, I'm all for that. And I was doing the same thing. Um, so it's been awesome. It's been awesome to bring people on board and to see everything. But then it also gets to the point where things culminate where you actually have an exciting season because I went through the boring seasons. You know, as much as I love Lewis Hamilton, it, it does kind of sometimes you sit there and Wonder here to yourself, man. It would be great if he had a competitor. Man, it would be great if another team was able to do something. Oh, Ferrari's doing something. Wait a minute, their engine may be illegal. Or oh, Ferrari's strategy is terrible. <laughs> you know, oh, Verstappen just doesn't have quite enough just yet this year. Uh, so you do want that want of competition. You do want there to be someone to match with him, um, and that always works. You know, in, in any sport, you know, you want to see greatness, but you also want to see greatness challenged to overcome these odds. And I think that was really something that people have been wanting. But I also think that Formula One kind of took that that notion and said, let's push this along. And so last year, Lewis finally got a great rival. And a, a team that really knows what they're doing was able to put together a great package. Red Bull did a great job of getting their car ready. They got a great teammate for Max Verstappen for once. Um, they were able to sit there and be very aggressive about things. And we actually had a proper championship fight. Um, but I also know that, you know, many people, whether they were old fans or really old fans, I'm not a really old fan, but, you know, there's the newer fans as well kind of saw things, and many people had different perspectives, but a lot of people are gravitating toward this is kind of flirting with entertainment versus sports. And, you know, you did talk to people who say, well, it's exciting, and that's good, but then at the same time, they would sit there and say, like, but... Is it really a sport at this point? Are, are we really getting to the the, the nitty gritty as far as we're we're watching actual competition or things that are manipulated to play with our minds? Um, and it wasn't just Abu Dhabi, as I mentioned in the previous podcast. There was multiple instances over the the last over last year uh, where you know certain races weren't officiated the way they should have, punishments weren't doled out the, the way they should have. Um, behaviors were not dealt with what they would the way they should have um and I, I really think that that did have an adverse effect but it all culminated with Abu Dhabi when when you see what happened in Abu Dhabi um it's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth no matter what and I know there's Max Verstappen fans listening thinking I'm about to bash their guy I'm not I, I actually feel bad as I mentioned this before I actually feel bad for Max because he has a championship that you know people are looking at and questioning you know that it's is it a legitimate championship? Is it a tainted championship? Is it is it something that he actually earned? You know, people are saying he deserved it, but you don't deserve a championship. You earn a championship, and I think that's really unfair to him as well. As as, as immensely unfair as it is to Lewis Hamilton, um, it's also unfair to Max Verstappen on the fact that you know he's worked very hard, uh, and he may not have won it last year, but now that he has won it, it was won under circumstances that leave a bad taste in your mouth. Um, and for many of us. You know, sports is it is an escape for us. It's we get to see people do things that are out of our uh, out of our grasp. You know, whether it's physically or mentally. I know I like to think of myself as you know I'm a great driver. I'm not a great driver. I, I drive the speed limit, and people get mad at me because I drive in California. People drive 85 miles an hour. I'm not even going to convert that to kilometers. A um, hundred kilometers, 110 kilometers. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but um, but. I you know people get mad at me because I drive fast, but I don't drive fast enough. But at the same time, I you know uh, I'll watch racing and feel like, yeah, there's no way I could ever do that. It's, I, I find it all inspiring uh, that people are able to do stuff like that, and that's what we return to. We sit there and say, wow, they're able to do amazing things, They're able to do this competition, they're able to compete with each other. Um, but when the when the illusion of um, trans- the illusion of fair play flies out the window. It's hard because you sit there and say, why am I investing my time and energy? And I'm one of those people uh, after Abu Dhabi, when I watched the race, um, you know, I settled in like many of you nervous and scared, even, you know, and just kind of what's well, going to happen, you know, just trying to sit there and wonder, like, you know, was that first lap legitimate? What, you know, was the scrapping that was going on, the chirping going on was it necessary. Um, but at the end, I sat there and told myself, Wow. This is a pretty amazing season. Uh, Lewis is going to pull it out. Um, it sucks that this is going to end under a safety, uh, safety car, but it's going to end under a safety car, but it is what it is. Max will be back next year, and this is going to be the beginning of an amazing rivalry between two drivers and two teams. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, and then the safety car incident happened. Um, and, I, I, you know, for me, I just sat there kind of like, with a weight, what <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be the foremost expert on things. I don't claim to be the foremost expert on things, but I also sat there and told myself, "Wait, this isn't right. They're not doing something right here. This is not right." Um, and that feeling where you see um, it, it's, you know, that in that cliche of the, watching a train wreck happen in slow motion, where you see, you know, some of the cars unlock themselves, not all of the cars, and then you see, you know, Max kind of almost overtaking Lewis, and then they take off, and loses on dead tires, Max is on fresh tires, and you just kind of sit there, and you look, and you just say, like, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Like, is, this doesn't even make any sense. This doesn't even seem like it's actually happening. Um, and then, you know, the end of the race happens. Max jumps out, he's celebrating. Lewis is, you know, um, a much better person than most of us, to be completely frank. Um, you know, both their fathers are involved, you know, fireworks people are cheering and it takes you a minute to understand what's going on for me I just kind of sat there in silence and I'm like oh, I'm gonna go downstairs and my parents were actually visiting and I went downstairs and had breakfast and talked with them and then took it to the airport I told myself I think I need to step away from this for a while and um, just because for me I was telling myself like you were trying to find something wrong like you're you're, you're pretending something wasn't right when the reality is you can't accept the fact that he lost that's got to be a Jocelyn, uh, you know, that's what it is. You're, you're, you're looking at it and saying, there's gotta be an issue here that you just didn't understand and you're just upset about it. So just walk away for a little bit. So had breakfast with my parents, uh, hung out for a little bit, took them to the airport, dropped them off. And the minute I dropped them off at the airport, I looked at my phone and, you know, I just saw people saying like, what was that? That was wrong. That was completely wrong. And that's when I blew up. I'm like, are oh, you got to be kidding me? I knew it. Um, <laughs> And that's when, you know, you, you just jump in and start trying to realize what's going on. And for many of you, there was that palpable anger, whether you're a lose fan or not a lose fan, you were angry. You were either angry because you didn't think that Lewis should have lost, or you are angry because you were trying, you were thinking that, you know, Max was being, this championship was being degraded. And I don't think the FIA helped because they sat there and did this whole ceremony where they tried to do a championship without actually answering, and then, the the crazy statement where they blamed the fans for misunderstanding and then they went MIA for a little bit um, and I think that leaves a sour taste in your mouth but also you have to sit there and say to yourself like what's what's the point like you saw how they manipulated the race you saw how they weren't honest about it you saw that the commentators most of them have not done a good job of standing up for this and not being on top of this it's only been because of fans like you. And that's why I'm coming back, because of fans like you. Like, I want to come back and root for Lewis, and I'm going to do that anyway. But the fact of the matter is whether you're an old fan or a medium-aged fan like me or a newer fan, enough people from a different backgrounds got outraged enough to say something about the sport uh, to force that, where Michael Massey was removed, where they did say, hey, you know, we, we need to change those rules or clarify these rules because they were not applied properly for them to sit there and say, well, the, the, it's tarnished, you know, whether you agree how tarnished it is or not. And that's because of fans. And, you know, when you sit there and you see something and sometimes it's broken or sometimes it's just some work or sometimes it's just flat out corrupt. It's easy to sit there and say, well, I've had it and I'm going to walk away, but it's also better to sit there and stick with it and demand accountability. And I think that's one of the things that I'm interested in doing, you know, like I'm, I'm as a fan speaking as a fan, You know, I was pretty upset that Lewis Hamilton did not get his eighth championship. And I think that was the worst part about it was the fact that this wasn't just his first championship or, you know, a fifth or sixth. This was the one that he was already sharing a record with Michael Schumacher. This was going to put him past it. And, you know, for me, that was very hard. And, you know, I'm not one of those people that comes around saying, well, he'll just get eight next year because I've watched this sport long enough to know that. It's just not as easy as saying, well, he's going to have a good car and he's going to win, That's especially nowadays with these new regulations and new cars and everything and talented drivers. Um, it's, it's not going to be as easy as you say. So, you know, I have it in my mind there is the opportunity that they may not happen. He may be end up staying tied with Michael Schumacher forever, you know, and that's something you have to maybe deal with. But I also sit there and think that it's probably very good to – come back just because you want this sport. You love to be a better sport. Um, it's easy to walk away. It's easy to sit there and say, ah, why am I donating my time and money? And I said the same thing. Why Why would I want to give my time and money to something that's just going to be this corrupt? And I felt very guarded by it, but then I saw fans sticking up. In this age of social media, it is very easy to sit there and push for changes. And we saw that. Um, let's be completely clear. The FIA tried to sweep it under the rug. They try to sit there and say, you know, we'll put out this statement, we'll blame the fans, we'll sort of get to it, and then we'll just kind of punt it, and, you know, uh, we think that it'll eventually go away, but people pushing for it and pushing for it and pushing for it and going after these pundits, and I say going after, I mean, like, calling them out. Uh, I know some of them would like to say it was abuse or they're being picked on, but they're really not. Let's, you know, they may get a couple of weird messages here or there. You know, and that's not right, but the reality is them getting called out for being blasé about the biggest scandal in the sports history, that's more on them, um, where they need to stand up and say, like, you know, you need to be more vocal about this, um, because it is their job, and it is the integrity of the sport that they're supposed to be safeguarding. So, but yeah, when you see the fans be able to to bring this up, and all of a sudden, you see these things trending months after it happens and you start seeing conversations happen and news organizations carrying these stories saying like, by the way, you know, Hey, you know, we haven't forgot. And that's because of fans bringing it up as fans like you, a lot of you listeners who have been very vocal about, you know, fighting for this. Um, and for me, when you, you when you do see Lewis Hamilton and some of these other drivers, when they stand up and say, we're going to speak out and, we're going to take a stand. It's comforting to see the fans do the same thing relative to the sport, saying they're going to take a stand that they're going to speak up and, and and come through. So for me, that was a big inspiration for me to see a lot of people fighting for Lewis Hamilton, fighting for the integrity of F1, fighting for accountability. And for me, I sit there and tell myself like, you know, I don't like the fact that people get fired. Um, you know, I don't revel in it, but it also for me shows that a change can happen because people push for it. And so you know, while I'm not 100% over the cynicism, yes, yet I am cautiously optimistic that maybe you are going to move to more transparency. This not going to happen overnight. Now we're probably still going to have a couple of controversial things we're going to be talking about. Definitely this season for sure. We're going to see some team principals who are going to piss us off with their comments. We're going to have you know drivers who are going to um, you know irritate us, uh, and we are going to get in. Um, we're going to get uh, inconsistency. From the FIA as, as they struggle through this. But I think it's important for the fans to push through on it. Um, and that's, I think, why I'm coming back uh, this year. It, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard You know, after Abu Dhabi. I sat there for a very good time going, like, why? Maybe I'm just coming back for Lewis Hamilton. And that's a half-truth. But really, it's coming back because I, I've never seen this in sports where a fan base um, from around the world could push an organization to start making these changes. Um, an organization that... Rooted in its own institution of, um, you know, corruption and nepotism and uh, and uh, cronyism. Um, so it, it is refreshing to see these changes being made. Uh, they're not going to happen overnight, but it also gives me the opportunity to sit there and say, like, you know, what? Maybe this Formula One that I loved wasn't as great as I thought it could it could be. But because of these new fans, because of these passionate fans, because of these young people pushing for these changes, it's going to be a much better sport than the sport I've been in love with, which gets me genuinely excited just because, you know, as much as I think it was awesome when I was watching it before, now seeing that this push for transparency, this push for accountability, this push for equality uh, will lead to a much better product. So that's why I'm excited and that's why I'm coming back. Uh, You know what? Yeah, I should have said this before the 2022 season preview episode, uh, and it feels good to get off my chest uh, and talk about it. I would love to hear your thoughts on it, so um, I'm going to post this up. We do have a new YouTube channel (laughs) as well, so that's going to end up on the YouTube uh, channel, so I'm going to use the typical like, comments, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. I would appreciate that. The link is going to be in the description for this podcast. We have the new website, Um, califormula1.com. Make sure you let everyone know, and definitely share this with everyone. I, I know I say that about every episode, but I know there's people who are genuinely not excited or feel jaded by this season. So definitely feel free to share this with them um, because I think it's good for them to, to process it and talk through it themselves and um, and definitely send feedback as well. Like I said, go to califormula onecom You could email me directly and uh, I'll, be, I'll be able to talk about this uh, with you all. Um, thank you very much. I look forward to talking to you on Sunday after we get done with our first race of the year. Have a good one. Bye.